a lot of them. Ice on me, I'm popping. Try and get like me. Alrighty, we are live. Episode 39 of Stick With Your Dreams. Uh, we've got the very impressive founder and CEO of Obvi, Ron Shaw. Um, amazing guy. I love the content you put out, you know, on LinkedIn and across all your channels. Love the brand and uh, and really your your unique approach to the space. But Ron, thanks for joining us this Friday. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, David, for having me. Um, you know, huge fan of the show and um, definitely excited to talk a little bit about Obvi and then, you know, kind of what we have, what we have in, uh, uh, planned. Epic, man. Well, so are you calling in from Obvi HQ? Whereabouts are you guys located? Yeah, so we're, we're actually in Kearney, New Jersey. Um, no one probably knows that town in New Jersey, but we like to say we're about 10 miles south of New York City. Amazing. I'm actually going to be in New Jersey in a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, we might need to grab a coffee and meet in person. No, would love to have you here. Epic, man. Well, dude, I always like to kick it off high level, super casual. Ron, where are you from? Uh, what were you doing before Obvi? And, uh, you know, how did you really get on this journey of, of really trying to disrupt and, and attack the supplement space? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little bit about uh, um, my journey. So myself and actually my my two other partners, my two other co-founders, Ankit and Ashwin, um, we actually started our journey working at a uh, not different supplement brand. Um, and it was actually called Shreds. And, and uh, that's kind of where we all met, actually, as well. Um, which is really cool. And and we all had our designated spaces. You know, I was more on uh, a lot of the, the, the strategy and, and marketing end. Uh, my other partner did all the design branding and my other partner handled all the paid media. Um, and so after about two years there, we decided that we had learned enough to start our own marketing agency. Um, and we did that for about six years. It was called Ghost 3 Media, where we helped numerous health and wellness brands um, help uh, format their digital structure. So we go in and rebrand their entire website, rebrand their packaging, handle their paid media, and then also do a lot of uh, kind of internal work as well to just help them structure. Worked as a boutique agency for about six years, um, and we still kind of have it in, on the side of the format with some key clients that we've had for years. But um, fast forward to basically 2019, um, we called uh, our... our, our um, our agency years, kind of like our college years, where we learned everything, you know, made mistakes, learned a lot of things. Um, and Obvi was basically our final thesis, um, taking everything we've learned and, and writing our final thesis and kind of wanted to build something of our own. So, um, you know, after doing it and building brands for others, you know, it's, it's great feeling because you see it kind of grow, but you also want something of your own. And I think 2019 was that year. So we went right into R&D and obviously with our experience of being in the health and wellness space, we wanted to stick with that, right? And so um, we, we looked at what's kind of missing in the space. Um, sports nutrition is, is probably still one of the more growing areas, but it is also getting a little saturated, right? There's only so many pre-workouts and, and, and whey proteins you can have. So we looked to Nutra Cosmetics, which is getting cosmetic benefits from nutrition. And the leader in that space was collagen. Um, and, and, and the rise of it has really been in the last eight to 10 years, especially with the rise of vital proteins, you know, being the key leader in the industry. So we looked at the space and said, what's missing here? Right. Um, and, and, and we looked at the stigma attached to the space was, you know, it's kind of an afterthought sp space and something that older people take and collagen is, you know, it's not in your everyday language of, hey, I take collagen. Right. Um, and so, well, we, we thought about it. Well, something that's the most abundant protein in your body. How come it's not 
one of the most everyday topics that you have, like you may have about whey protein or, you know, meal replacements. Collagen should be just, you know, right up there with those. So we looked at it and it was mainly because there wasn't too much excitement around, around the, the space. Um, and 92% of the market is made of unflavored, tasteless and odorless powders. Um, so we took that and said, well, how can we make sure that the other 8% at least can be exciting? Um, and that's where we went into flavored collagen as our as our as our um, starting point. And six months of R and D, we launched June first of twenty nineteen, um, and uh, that's what you know brought us to Avi. And can you share a little bit about collagen in general? Why should people be taking collagen on a daily basis scientifically? You mentioned it's really abundant in your body. Um, what does it do? Because you know, look, I it's everywhere. A lot of people consume it regularly. Why yeah. should the average Joe be consuming uh, any collagen? Yeah, no, great question. So uh, besides it being the most abundant protein in your body, the, the, the layman's term in kind of explaining what it is, is think of collagen as the Elmer's glue that's holding your hair, skin, nails, and joints together. By the time you turn between 25 to 30 years old, that kind of age gap, your body, which is naturally producing collagen every year, stops naturally producing collagen every year. And then your body starts to excrete, basically loses about 1% of collagen per year. That's why by the age we're turning 40, 50, 60, 70, we see the knee surgery is needed, the hair loss, the nails are brittle, the skin's saggy, right? Unless you're getting Botox or something else, other treatment, it's, it's actually because collagen is getting lost from your body. So um, the importance of needing to ingest collagen is because after you hit that age mark, you need to know that your body's going to lose it. The reason people haven't naturally started taking it younger is because it's always been poised as, oh, when you're getting older and you see some of these things happening to you, start taking it. But our argument is, well, why not start taking it when you're going to start losing it anyway? Um, so that's that's really why you need it. Hair, skin, nails, joints, um, and, and, and um, overall, um, you can see a big difference in it in about 30 to 60 days of ingesting it. And so do you take it every day? Like how do you consume your collagen? Yeah, so I take it every day. Um, I consume it through um, almond milk and mix it with a, a scoop of our collagen. Uh, we have 10 different flavors now, um, but um, basically there's, it comes in formats of pills, liquid or, or powder. Powder is the, most, um, is the most popular, pills being the second most popular. Super interesting. Um, and okay, so you guys launched June of 2019. Um, yeah. Talk to me about kind of your go-to-market, some of your key learnings from some of the other brands. I think the fact that you guys were students of the industry first through all these other businesses just gives you such a leg up. But yeah. um, we'd love to hear like early days, what were some of the really big challenges? And then I'd love to dive deeper into like the D2C, Amazon, uh, you know, direct landscape because uh, I find it so interesting. And I feel like a lot of CPG brands actually struggle trying to understand, yeah. okay, how do I really allocate paid? How do I really build a scalable, sustainable business direct? So I know that's a lot. Let's start with just early days, figuring out what were some of your biggest challenges. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think when we kicked off, right, one of the one of the things, like you said, because we're students of the industry, we knew that um, you have to pay to play, and, and we can't ignore that factor, right? Um, if you try to escape around it, um, you may get a few steps forward, but you're probably ultimately not going to be able to build much. Um, so from day one, uh, literally day one, we started spending on Facebook ads. Um, my, my partner, who is the paid media expert, our CMO, Ash, he's, he's basically has a, had his framework where he's managed spending, you know, up to $20,000, $25,000 a day 
on different accounts before coming, um, you know, before I was working on Abi. So spending, you know, from day one wasn't something that we couldn't stomach, right? Um, I think that's the biggest challenge for, I see a lot of other people is, oh, well, what's my budget for the month? What should it be, you know? Um, and, and you kind of have to look at it less macro and look at it more like, well, you got to test today, see what things work. And if they don't work tomorrow, switch and pivot, right? And, and keep spending because that's the only way you're going to learn from the data. So in any case, you know, we were, I, I think one of the advantages were knowing that we had to go digital first approach. Um, we started Facebook ads, Google ads right away. Um, we have a very good experience with website building. Um, so, you know, my other partner, Ankit, who's, who's, a, who's a brilliant designer, he's actually top 2525 in the nation. Um, so his design skills and interpretation of how to build a website was just immaculate. So, you know, our conversion rate is, you know, between the three to 5% right off of kickoff, which helps a lot too. Um, and so you add those, you know, you pay to play and then you add some good conversion metrics, you're going to get a good kickoff, which we did. Um, you know, we started selling from day one. Um, some of the challenges we hit is day one to, you know, day one to day 60 looked great, right? Oh, we're selling, we're already building a customer base. Um, day 60 onwards, I think we let our mind wander a little, which was we had gotten a couple of like small mom and pop um, nutrition shop orders. And we were like, oh, retail is the way to go, right? We got to get into retail. We got to get into retail. And I think that stuck around, that mindset stuck around for us for the next like 60 to 90 days, where it's like, we need to raise money. We need to go to retail. We need to get into Walmart, Target. We need to do all these things. And it was almost like a surge of like this rush to get into retail because we had never understood what retail takes, right? And, 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 and now truly even, you know, being a little less than two years old, we still don't know fully what it takes, but we have a better understanding that um, retail isn't that first play for us, for which a D2C background. Um, you know, we're a very lean team. We're still only a total of six people here. Um, so it is, you know, it, to, some, to some aspects, we sometimes forget that you need to have an infrastructure to take on retail. So I think one of the challenges we took on was kind of trying to build this brand for retail or starting to think, well, do we need to change our serving side? Do we need to change our ingredients? Because retail is asking this and that. And I think maybe we had maybe looked a little bit shift of focus into retail when really um, D2C has been our core. D2C has been where um, we've learned the most, where we've scaled the most. And so when we honed in on and, and then found a strategy of this releasing a new flavor every month concept, building a community, which I'd love to talk to, to, talk to you about, um, that's when we started bringing it back to the core where it's like retail can come if it, if it, if it fits in, but right now, our core is owning our customer base, owning our community. And once we kind of really honed in on that and started planning out for the year, it really, really became exciting. And just we can't now slow down the time, you know? It's so interesting, Ron, because I have the complete opposite perspective where I went <laughs> early. It was yeah. like we wanted to be the daily harvest. We wanted to be frozen D to C. And we played that game. And then we were like, man, this is not the correct you know, fit for what we're trying to build and quickly pivot into retail. And so now we're mainly a retail business and like, we know that world. And I, I feel we're doing so interesting. I feel like we could probably talk for hours on it. And I could probably like educate you on the, on the challenges, but also upside of retail, you on D2C and Amazon. And um, I would love to do that. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely do it. Um, yeah. At any rate, let's dive into that. Like, do you think, Here's the problem. I see a lot of investors 
pressuring brands or expecting them to scale D to C channels to prove that they can, you know, build multi-million dollar businesses. But sometimes the category doesn't translate to a scalable D to C business. The AOV doesn't make sense. Like, can you really make chips work online? I mean, I know Frito-Lay has had a really tough time with direct to consumer. So what are your thoughts on D to C for food and beverage specifically? Does it make a lot of sense for supplements, but it doesn't for beverage? Like, how do yeah. you think about it? Yeah, no, it's a great point. Um, you know, as, as we're also starting to explore as some of the new categories we're going down and opening this year is going to be actually food and beverage. Um, I think I think there are certain things that are meant for, let's say, more a Amazon build out. Right. Like I, I, especially when it comes to food and beverage. I think one of the places that people expect to kind of pick up food or beverage is usually like an Amazon type marketplace, right? I think a marketplace is a great place for food and beverage. I think for D to C, um, not to say you can't build D to C. I mean, you look at something like Truff, right? Uh, did a fantastic job D to C. Um, but I think there has to be a little bit more virality to it. One and two, has to be this um, value proposition that's so different and unique. Um, not that not saying that all food and beverages is, is, is kind of clustered as one, but unless you have such a different kind of value prop, it, it becomes tough to say, hey, well, come to my website. You know, you have to spend at least $25 to $35 to even get free shipping maybe. Um, and maybe you don't want that many chips. Maybe you don't want that many drinks, you know, um, because all you want is a 12 pack or a six pack. Um, and it becomes tough to change how we're usually usually shopping for food and beverage to now needing to possibly shop as if online needs to be a Costco, right? Where you gotta buy in bulk, where you gotta get more. Um, at least, you know, for, for shipping models to work for businesses, I think that's usually the case. But I feel like, you know, marketplaces and having a good, good retail backbone is probably a better start for, for food and beverage than going D to C scale that um, unless you just have some magic, um, uh, magic margins or, or some really, really good, um, you know, ways to get around shipping. I just find, I feel it's tough to change that consumer mindset, but could be wrong. And supplements are obviously a great, you know, AOV and price point, you know, it's yeah. definitely not. How do you think about going into retail now that you've built a, like a really successful D2C platform? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. You know, we, we always talk about this too here. It's like, now, when you look at when we're talking to retail, right, you know, we're, we're onboarding with Kroger right now um, and it's tricky. Um, even GNC we're onboarding with. It's tricky because it's like, wow, um, I got to give up a lot here. Um, obviously, we're going to get a lot in terms of exposure and, and, and in hopes that we sell through well and turn well, um, a good growth. But we're giving up a lot. And, you know, it is it is so much more complicated than what comes to eyes. Um, there's so many layers to it and it's, it's, to be honest, it's a bit overwhelming. Um, and so I think when it comes to D to C though, um, you know, we're launching 22 different SKUs this year. That doesn't feel overwhelming, right? But launching four SKUs into GNC or Kroger seems extremely overwhelming. Um, it just, seems just to touch on that. Here's a couple fun facts about retail versus D to C. Retail, yeah. you're looking at 30 to 60 day payment cycles. So you have a new cash conversion issue versus D to C get paid up front. On right. top of that, you're getting your products being put onto the shelf and you don't control how that thing is showcased or merchandise. So you got out of stocks. Where is it on the shelf? Who's supporting it? Did it get delivered to the warehouse that then got delivered to the store that then did the customer see it? 
Yeah. Um, it's like on D2C, it's seamless. It's like there's yeah. friction. You have frictionless sales. Here, it's tons of friction, huge opportunity, even if you're committing to giving up so much. Yeah. Be crap. So true. So um, true. And, and, and in a way, I think there are times where we even today count our blessings that that first six months that we launched from June to, to December, where we were like, oh, well, you know, we're talking to Target.com, maybe onboarding, doing this and doing that. I'm so glad we didn't do anything because we weren't ready. I'm not saying we're ready now, but we weren't ready because we were still identifying what our brand is going to transform into. Um, we, back then, we were a collagen brand. Today, we're a general women's health and wellness brand. Um, and I think that evolution is something you have to allow um, to, to really happen. Um, again, if you have the ability to framework D2C, um, because that evolution does somehow sometimes come, I think, for different brands. So you guys are a D2C brand that built a business online, and now you're contextually creating products for retail. Do you think... Well, we, we, it's funny, we're actually doing the, the opposite where we've yeah. figured out retail and yeah. now we're trying to innovate for something that might translate better D to C. Uh, any thoughts on how you think about innovation now? Because I've seen you've got some really interesting extensions and you're starting to become more of a supplement brand platform as opposed to just call it. Yes. Um, and, and I think um, it's, it's a great point, you know, we have something really, really cool coming out. I mean, I can't disclose it yet, but we're, we're working on a really, really cool um, licensing deal. Um, and one of the reasons we cater towards, you know, it's, it's been a year in the making, but one of the reasons we're working on that so heavily um, and, and hoping for a really big launch around it is because it's going to give us a great positioning for retail, right? And, and, and that, those are thoughts that come to mind. Even like, you know, we have, um, uh, some, some really cool stuff in the food and, and beverage coming out um, later this year, we're positioning even how we're case packing them, right? Or versus like how we're even situating our, making our boxes for them. We're not thinking D to C first. We're thinking also the approach of knowing this is going to go into retail um, eventually. So I think the mindset with innovation changes depending on what's, what's kind of built for retail. Like to be honest, though, like we are, we just launched our multivitamin. We announced our launch of our multivitamin a couple of weeks ago. Um, that's something that's like that's D to C. Now, if retail wants it or it can get there, take it as is. But we're not going to change. Um, and then there is like you know, I think the bigger category leaders where hey, like we we actually it was an oxymoron that we released it, but we've always been seen as like the un unflavored brand, right? Like the we only did flavors. We didn't have an unflavored brand. Unflavored un, un um, um, flavor until January of this year, um, and we actually launched it because that's something that's a big play for retail as a as a gateway product. Um, so, but we're not pushing that, you know, on the D to C N. It's on our website, but you'll see it. It's the last collagen on our collection page. Um, but uh, and so I think there's pieces like that that you kind of have to be nimble with, you know, not completely shifting for one channel and not completely shifting here. Um, and to even have these conversations, I feel like you have to be in a good cash flow position and a good mindset of knowing that, hey, this doesn't work out. It's OK. You can you still have a good backbone. The true winners today, do you think that they're winning because they built brand or like how do you think about building brand in 2021? You have an amazing brand. Your website is stunning. Um, but at the end of the day, there's this argument like is the product pulling 
the founding team through to success, the brand, the content? What is your belief in terms of how you succeed in 2021 in this space? Yeah, so um, I, I think it's for us, it's almost neither unless you put community under a brand. Um, I think the brand has to be sharp, has to cater to one select demo, right? Because if you're trying to cater to everyone, you're not going to cater to anyone. Um, that, you know, that's a big belief of ours here. So our product, every single one is completely unisex. But we call ourselves a women's general health and wellness brand because that's who we're catering to. Um, so I think that's, that part of brand is important is identifying who you are and, and making a sharp brand. And then I think on the end of products, I think value propositions and, and making sure that you have in, enough differentiation points. Every single product we've released till date, um, we can give you at least one to five different reasons why it's the most, it, it is completely unique on the market. So, you know, you look at our collagen, it's the only collagen, vitamin C, vitamin E, biotin, magnesium, iron, and calcium into the formula on the market because it helps the absorption rate. So in any case, I think with product, you need to have good value propositions. And, and then I think where we sit in terms of what's pulling our brand and, and, and builds our backbone is our community. Um, and when I say community, it's not just a you know, group of customers in our Shopify. Um, our community on Facebook, so if you go into, on Facebook and you type in Avi community, we're up to, I think about 28,000 um, members now. We're the second largest collagen community um, on Facebook period. And by the end of the year, we'll be the largest. What we do here is our entire funnel post-purchase or pre-purchase revolves around coming to our community. Come there, ask your questions. There is, we have 10 different admins and moderators who are there, you know, literally work for Obvi in, um, and, and help customers um, almost in a, in a live format of, hey, what should I buy? What flavor or this or that? What are the benefits? People who are answering live, we have two to 300 posts per day. People are interactive by, interacting by the second on the community. And what's amazing is till this day, every time we launch something new, we launch in the community first. And, um, you know, it performs better than us running ads. Um, and that's how strong that community is. And if any, everything went away, if Facebook went away, if, if Google went away, what we have is our community. And that's what's going to lead us through. And one last tidbit I'll, I'll add to the community. We onboarded with a partner called Muscle & Strength, pretty, pretty big um, online partner. Um, and we said, hey, go support our partner. This was one of our first partners. We, we sold them out in 16 hours for a community. And so gives you the capabilities of knowing that, hey, even with the retail presence, when we get there, you know, I would love to say, hey, guys, go here, go support our, our new onboarding and then come back and show us that you did and we'll reward you. So that's the type of feedback loop we're creating. And I think that's the most important piece of our business. No question. You look at brands like Glossier, uh, not Glossier, you look at, yeah, yeah Glossier, yeah, yeah. a lot of these other companies that have millions of people in their community that support the brands. That's really where the power is. Facebook groups are incredible. I've heard a lot of brands have success there. Anything else that you guys are excited about in terms of emerging platforms where you're building brand and see a land grab of opportunity? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I think um, uh, my CMO can probably speak better to this, but um, I think being omnipresent is so important now. Um, obviously, you hear about all these nightmares around attribution on Facebook and, 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 and even, you know, um, iOS 14 updates, just all these things you hear about. Um, I think the goal is, is you look at TikTok, you look at Snapchat, even Hulu, you look at, you know, Facebook, Google, um, all these are platforms to get your brand out there. Um, and as cliche as it sounds of, you know, 
get everywhere, be in front of everywhere you can be. It truly is, you know, scale your spend so that it's it's it, it's comfortable for you. But um, I think for us, we're we anywhere that we could spend money to be in front of someone, we try to do it because that's the name of the game nowadays. Um, you know, organic growth on Instagram is not what it was in in, in 2013. Um, so you got to pay to play there too. And and so I think you know, emerging platforms wise, Facebook groups is huge. But um, getting on Snapchat, TikTok, um, looking at connected TV, um, something we're looking to. And the bigger one, um, we just started looking at affiliates as well, um, has been doing really, really well for us as well. It's amazing. That's amazing. Any tips for founders looking to break into the supplement space? Um, you know, things that you might recommend they do, uh, whether it's how to be really thoughtful on raising money or bootstrapping or just yeah. thinking about product market fit. What, what would you recommend people think about when they're starting? Absolutely. Um, I think within the supplement space, um, it has the, the barrier to entry has gone down almost to the point where there is no barrier to entry, right? There is, there's literally supplement, there are private label supplement manufacturers that can get your product out there that you want in, in one to two weeks. Um, my, my suggestion would be um, really come out with why you're different. And until you can truly answer that question um, and, and speak proudly about it, don't even go to the product level um, and then start production um, right. because that part is actually not the tricky part. You know, there's literally over 50,000 manufacturers that you can work with. There's label providers, a lot of different things that can you can figure out. But figuring out why you want to launch your, your company and what those products are going to do and why they're different. Um, I think those three key elements uh, without that, you're going to be one among many. Um, uh, in, instead of one, like one amongst a few. I'm not saying that we're one amongst a few, but we can truly get passionate about why our products are different. Um, and I think that just leaves you in this category of, you know, even when you're looking at competitors, you're not really looking at a competitor. You're looking at a landscape created by another brand where you're trying to take maybe pieces of it to see if it can fit in, but you're really truly your own kind of, you're in your own lane. Um, and I think that comes through answering those three questions uh, very confidently and having answers to those. I feel like the supplement game on Amazon is one of the most competitive places yeah. on the internet. What do you think about Amazon and how to start? Where do you even begin? Yeah, I think, I think with Amazon, um, don't go after what's kind of been established. Um, you know, especially you look at like pre-workouts, uh, even collagen now, you know, there is you, you can pay up to like five, six dollars for, for a single click. Um, it can get it can get really, really expensive and really competitive. Um, I think with the Amazon space, when it comes to supplements, what's really become, you know, a big trend that I've noticed, at least, is a lot of single ingredient kind of focused products um, that are kind of tailored towards you have this like really, really kind of unique maybe problem or issue that you're dealing with. And this supplement is there to solely help you. Right. Um, and I think, you know, like beta blockers or you look at car blockers, you look at these different things that kind of cater to a very small niche. But that small niche is still amongst millions that are looking for it on a platform like Amazon versus going super broad like a whey protein or a collagen. Um, those are those are tricky. Um, you know, even uh, the reason our, our the reason our, our I think our collagenic burn is actually in the top 50 fat burners or, or top top, maybe top 75. The reason it is, is because we're the only fat burner with collagen in it. Um, and it's so unique. Um, so I think you have to have very kind of unique 
ingredient or blend to, to really stand out there because otherwise there, there's just too much competition. I'm such a fan of dominating niches. Like yeah. it's my, I, I think that's I mean, you how, killed it there. how you, how you build successful food and beverage brands, because if you can find an un, underserved uh, niche versus just trying to, so many companies try and build in these massive TAMs and it's like, unless you, unless you have unlimited capital and you know, right. you can compete for whatever it's technology or, or industrial technology, food technology, it, the, the niches are going to be far less served. And so you can really just create these really passionate communities um, in, in those segments. Um, what do you, you know, what do you, for, for the long run, you and your team run, what are you guys hoping to accomplish in the next three, five, 10 years? And yeah. this is, this is a long-term game. You know, these are 20, not 20 year overnight successes. So what's, what's the long-term vision for what you guys want to build at Obby? Absolutely. So our, our long-term vision, three, five, 10 years is, um, you know, breaking back our, 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 our brand name, right? Obvi. It, it's a, it's a short form of obvious, right? Um, we are, our, our, our main mission is that when you're looking for products in our category, may it be collagen, may it be a fat burner, may it be hormonal balanced products. Um, we want to become what maybe what Honest Company did with, you know, with a lot of their categories is we're going to become a household name through becoming an obvious choice. Um, and, and so not just a household name because we got major distribution, but becoming a household name because people chose us because it was such an obvious choice to make over anything else out there that that's how we infiltrated the households. And I think that's that's truly our mission. Um, truly the reason why we go super broad with our, our different variant SKUs, um, why we're going super broad with different categories is finding infiltration points uh, because everything we're coming out with, we're doing our part in saying, hey, this is why it's different. This is why you need this. And now we just need to get that message across. And so whether that takes two years, three years, 20 years, or, or um, you know, until the end of time, uh, that's truly our goal um, is, is we infiltrate um, households and then the market space because we're the obvious choice. It's awesome. Uh, what a, what a great note to end on Ron. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I, I love this. I don't know much about the supplement space, but I think we're going to have to need a, we'll have to do a follow-up chat cause I've got a million. Well, you're coming to Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll connect, but Ron, thanks for sharing your story. Guys, check out Obvi. It's one of the most beautiful websites I've seen as of late. Um, and just an incredible product and, and, and amazing team. So, Ron, thank you again for jumping on today. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.